Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in. Third and final hour here on Wednesday. It is time for Midweek with the Mayor with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. So uh, I know that the, the beach has opened up. The beach is... Uh, well, yeah, they're open. Yeah. So, is that? Do you think that that's why the bear is coming down? He wants to get a jump on the season, and yeah, we haven't seen any uh, bear sightings on the beach yet. But maybe it's just um, you know, it's hard to predict. I guess. Uh, um, I think you know, black bears can swim, right? I think so. Or maybe he doesn't want to swim. Maybe he just wants to hang out. Wanted some uh, some Pa Rafa's pizza yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, it, uh, I was, I was, I was thinking. You know, if I sprung into action as the as the mayor to to deal with the situation, that people would be uh, drawing comparisons to uh, you know, the mayor in Jaws, right? <laughs> so I just wanted to. It's Memorial uh, Day weekend. We're not shutting down the city because of a bear, <laughs> right? right. Um, yeah, I could say it's not safe to go back to the beach if the, that's where the the bears the bears heading, but uh, that would just be a little bit of a stretch. So. Yeah, kind of cool. Um, urban urban bears, you know, bears even like cities, I guess, right? I, so. I, I got to ask you, do you know the little bit of trivia about WBSM and the movie Jaws? I feel like I do, to remind me. One of the bit actors in the film Jaws, uh, the guy who is uh, on the boat as they're, they're catching the shark and yeah. they come in, was Henry Carrero. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I, you know what? I, I only found I that out that. recently. Like oh, last I, week. I, I, I did not know that. So I might write a little article about it just because I think it's pretty interesting. It is interesting. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Also, um, I talked to the bear. Hi. Yes. When he was over there at the intersection yesterday. Yeah. And he said that there's something wrong with the timing of the lights at that intersection. Oh, he noticed it too. Yeah. 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 yeah it's kind of hard to, to miss. I he thought was, they'd fixed it. He was trying to cross yeah, the street so. and he couldn't figure well, it we out. Well, appreciate, so. we appreciate the feedback wherever it comes from. So I got to do, in all seriousness... If a bear shows up in the city, yep. as mayor, like, are you involved in any discussions that happen with the bear? Is it something that has to come across your desk and you're made aware of? Uh, so I, I am certainly made aware of anything that would um, compromise, well, that, that would pose a risk to public safety. Um, I'm not so sure this... Uh, this uh, this rises to that level, um, but uh, you know, the police are on top of it as they would be for other um, other sort of lower level risks to, to give people warnings and such. But um, yeah, I, I suspect it, I suspect that there have been other occasions when there have been you know wildlife out there. We've had to 
you know, that people we don't even, we don't even know about. And then there's, you know, we've seen I've seen in my own neighborhood in the West End, right? So like nowhere near a rural area, we saw a coyote. I don't know, it was about a year or so ago. So you know that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a good thing. You know, I think it, it shows. Which part? <laughs> the fact that we're seeing wildlife that we don't normally see. Oh, oh that, that part, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it means we didn't do as much damage to the uh, to the environment as we thought we did. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah. And and they say that during the pandemic, you know, this led to a lot of wildlife coming back because there just wasn't as many people out. So you had deer breeding more and you had more of these wild creatures that were showing up. So maybe now, you know, it'll start to cull back a little bit just from natural, like, less procreation on their part, so... We'll see where it goes. That's a good theory. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm never a fan of less procreation for, for anybody, <laughs> but hey, whatever works for them. So it's been um, it's been an interesting week. There was certainly uh, a big announcement that came out about some investment into um, making the city neighborhoods better, making playgrounds better, and, and putting forward uh, a plan to improve just the quality of life for those. Uh, yeah. So this week I filed what uh, I do... Uh, I, what I do every year this this time, I filed the, the budget for the Community Development Block Grant Program, the HOME Program, which is, concerns affordable housing, the construction of affordable housing, and uh, the ESG Program, which concerns uh, emergency vouchers for folks who are, are at risk of losing uh, their homes. And uh, the this is all in the way of... Uh, these are all federal uh, programs that have been in place for for several decades, at least in the case of CDBG. And um, you know, we've used CDBG, the city has for for many years since the '70s to to great effect in, in building things like uh, new playgrounds um, and uh, upgrades to parks. Um, some infra- infrastructure. That's the program isn't as generous as it once was, but um, it's it's one that gives us the ability to um, to, to provide to upgrade uh, upgrade facilities and uh, open space as well as to support the uh, nonprofit sector. We have a number of nonprofit uh, organizations that receive uh, CDBG funding every year. We have um, in this particular year, so we've we've, we've got we've, we've made a lot of progress over the years with playgrounds. People have seen some real great upgrades. We have, I forget how many playgrounds uh, we have because we basically have one at every single school, twenty six schools, and then they're all the neighborhood playgrounds, and they've got to be. I, I should know this off the top of my head, but it's got to be at least another twenty. Um, so we've got a lot of playgrounds around around the city, and. Uh, you know, they're subject to wear and tear, as they should be. We want them to be subject to wear and tear. We want kids to be using them. But when they do, they've, uh, when they get too worn down, they have to be replaced. They're not cheap anymore. When I, in fact, when I first got into office, you could do a new playground for under $100,000. Now it's uh, you're looking at over $300,000 to do like uh, an ordinary neighborhood playground. So uh, we want to keep investing, though, especially in those playgrounds that get a lot of use because we want the kids to enjoy them and experience playgrounds like kids have in the past. Um, a, a big, I would just note, a, a slug of this money, over $400,000, would go to, uh, to, uh, to the Denison Memorial Center on um, South 2nd Street and they, uh, to, to support the, the upkeep of that building, which has been in place for a long time. It's a Denison is one of the older 
uh, uh, community organizations in, in New Bedford. It was started just after the Civil War and uh, it served thousands upon thousands of kids and, and uh, we want to make sure that it continues to, uh, to serve thousands and thousands more. So we're providing them uh, some really um, uh, needed funding for upgrades to stuff that may sound boring but's really in, but really important like fixing doors fixing the roof fixing you know other stuff in, in the building so um so that i think that's a good investment too on on the playground question um i've always kind of wondered this when putting in playgrounds and designing what will go there is there is there is it like a blanket insurance policy or a blanket policy that covers public playgrounds or do you have to look at each individual playground and say you know what is the coverage for this one if we add this feature or put in that feature because you know some of the things that people add in some of the things that will get added into playgrounds can are, are more a little more dangerous than some other things well we play it pretty conservatively but uh and you go with reputable reputable companies usually national companies that, that do these things there aren't that many that that are in the business of of selling playground equipment but there is, with the installation, there's usually a warranty, and then, then some, some period thereafter they cover, um, some period after the warranty they'll cover certain types of hazards. But in general, there isn't an insurance policy that comes with it per se. Okay, I just wonder, because like, sometimes you see like monkey bars at one, but not in another one, so you're like, well, what went into the decision-making and the thought process to put, put well, that in one as opposed to the other? Yeah, so some of it, well, so some of it's age-dependent. So with the littler kids, you might not see certain types of equipment and you might see others. Um, in certain playgrounds, we want to make, make sure, in most playgrounds, we want to make sure that there's um, some uh, handicap-accessible equipment in some playgrounds, entirely handicap-accessible. Um, you know, there are a few examples of that around the city. But then there's also, uh, you see with a lot of, a lot of playgrounds, they are the funding for their construction is uh, in part uh, the responsibility of PTO groups or neighborhood groups who put in for it. Uh, who, uh, in addition to the city funding, and so you know sometimes it's it's up to them to decide what they what they want and not the city. We, and which is fine. We don't need to have a standard playground for every corner of the city. It's it, it's. It's also better, I, I think, in general, if people are getting together to raise money for stuff like that. So sometimes it's it's their call, and and it probably instills a lot of, you know, local pride in in that neighborhood or that organization to take care of it. Yeah, as cultivates opposed to, ownership. Yeah, yeah. if it's sure. the city does it, they say, well, if it breaks, the city will just fix it. Yeah, no, it's it's we've had lots of playgrounds that have been built and, and private funding. A lot of times is significant, but not all the time. In some instances, the private sector funding through especially PTOs on the school playgrounds is, is relatively modest, but it's a good thing if people are anting up. Even if it's a modest amount of money, they feel like they they um, they own it and and uh, need to care for it. Well, you said the money for this program has not been the same as it was, as it once was. Does it kind of go up and down, or has it been a has it been a steady decrease? No, or it's it's been level funded by the federal government for many years, and just with the uh, yeah with, with the uh, increasing cost of living uh, over uh, cost of running government, uh, like everything else over over the years, it's the the real value of that sum is eroded. So we've we get about two point three million dollars a year in CDBG funds, community 
again, the acronym is the Community Development Block Grants. Uh, it's it's almost exactly the same as it was when I got into office. So over the last decade, it's stayed the same. Uh, it was actually larger in the 70s um, when, when it was first passed. Interestingly enough, just a historical tidbit, uh, it was a program that was pushed by the Nixon administration and Congress passed it just after Nixon resigned and Ford signed it into law. And early on, the the program was flush with cash. And so uh, here in New Bedford and what's become a fairly famous um, case of public investment, or instance, uh, celebrated in- instance uh, of public investment, Mayor Markey took the lion's share of the allotment in 1977, some $13 million. So like, think about, you know, what that means, what that would be in today's dollars and uh, invested it in the construction of the cobblestone streets, the restoration of the cobblestone streets in the, in the historic district. And he got a lot of grief from a number of uh, quarters about that. But I think his, uh, that decision is, is, has held up. It was a wise investment. Got it's not dissimilar from uh, from some of the choices we've had to make with ARPA funding more recently from the federal government. But we understand that it's only coming once, and you got to do something good with it just this once. And that's what he did. And look, we've got the, the historic district is probably the most photographed neighborhood in southeastern Massachusetts. Yeah. If you so we use a program called Canva to do a lot of our photo editing. A lot of people use Canva these days, and we have the pro version, which gives us access to some stock imaging and everything. And you type in New Bedford looking for stock imaging. It's that one shot of the waterfront with the lighthouse, but then the rest of it is all downtown. Yeah. All cobblestone streets, historic looking buildings, and they're all beautiful shots. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can see why it's the most photographed because photographers really know what they're doing when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that's, look, that was a wise investment and not one that seemed to struck some people as frivolous So at the time, but it wasn't. Why don't we uh, take a phone oh, yeah, call we here? We've call. got Look somebody that's that. been holding on. And if you would like to speak with the mayor, 508-996-0500. And uh, let's go to the phones now. Good morning. You are on WBSM with Mayor Mitchell. Hi. Good morning, Mayor Mitchell. Morning, Tim. Morning. Um, I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. I was recently down the south end um, around the military museum. Yep. And I was kind of um, disappointed in the way some of the um, monuments and some of the... Uh, I guess you'd call it the educational uh, plexiglass captions that are mounted on wood. I think it was wood, but they faded and cracked. I'm wondering if there's any plan or any um, ARPA funds going to that uh, restoration because it's a gorgeous spot. It's like a little jewel in the city. It is that, yeah. Um, So we can – it's – so you're talking about the – what, Around me, the fort me. itself, okay. Um, like so, there not, are monuments. Like there's a monument to the Vietnam vets yep. that looks like it needed a little TLC. Some of the the plexiglass covering over the um, the captions is cracked. I don't know if that's vandalism or just um, wear wear and tear. Mm-hmm. Um, the the playground that's down there, the uh, toy set that looked a little you know under the weather. Okay, but um, it just seems sad that that wasn't. Um, you know, being kept up. And I didn't know if that was possibly um, receiving some city funds or whether it was all private. 
No, it would be the city keeping those things up. We can take a, a, a look at it. I know at this time of year there's a whole lot of um, upkeep that that uh, takes place, a lot of maintenance work that takes place to get it ready for summertime. And, if, and Yeah, even but, one of the, the jetties, I guess you call it that, mm-hmm. some of the railing was missing and they had the, the, uh, the horses blocking the way to alert people that it wasn't safe. But it's just that that could be such a, a crown jewel in this city. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it looks, uh, it, we will definitely follow up on that. Thank we know you. we get a lot of folks down there during the, the summertime, and uh, we'll make sure that uh, that gets uh, that gets addressed. The, the thing I'll just say is that, look, it's um, at any any point in time, things, things do wear down. The city certainly maintains an awful lot. If you think about all the playgrounds, you know, 300 plus miles of streets all the underground infrastructure there's there's all the street trees all so much more signage and um so i would just ask people to do what the, the, this caller did and just let us know when you see something and it may not be that we get to it uh tomorrow sometimes you have to order parts and that uh, can, that can take a while and of course we've got you know, city crews who work very hard, but you know, they can't get to everything all at once. But if we know about it, we will do it. We will take care of it. I can assure you that, but we do we just, we do need to know. Uh, thank you for the call. And uh, I have a friend who was up uh, this past week from Tennessee, and he went to Fort Tabor, and they they went around and explored, he and his yep. girlfriend. And, and he comes from down south, so they have forts all over the place down there. And he's also somebody that worked on one of these paranormal shows, so he's gone to all these different supposedly haunted forts. Yep. And he said, what a, what a jewel that is to have such a beautiful spot like that right on the water, surrounded by the ocean like that, yeah. and to be able to go there and experience the, the history of it still. So it really is, it is a crown what jewel. Did, what did he think about the fact that the fort was designed by none other than Robert E. Lee? Uh, I think that he was probably a little bit more appreciative of that fact coming from the south. Yeah. than, than uh, some others might be. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's certainly, you know, when you go down there and you see things that were kind of built for for function more than form, and then you come up here and you see one that kind of has a little bit of both to it. Right. So it's uh, it's definitely a place where if you don't go there and spend time there, I don't know why you don't because it is such a beautiful spot, especially on a day like today. Uh, look, it's you go there and you have panoramic views of Buzzards Bay, and um, it's it's uh, it really isn't anywhere like it uh, around in, in southeastern Massachusetts. Where you can go and just see like water everywhere, and and look at the you know the grandeur of Buzzards Bay and all that. Just and and and, and historic place. Just bring a sweatshirt because it's always going to be a little bit colder there than it is the rest of the places you're going. Yeah, it's definitely windier for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, why don't we take our first break of the hour? If you have a question or a comment for the mayor, 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back in. We are talking with New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. It is midweek with the mayor. If you want to call in and ask a question, 508-996-0500. We do have a call on the line, so let's take that. You are on with Mayor Mitchell. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. Oh, you know what? I slid up the wrong slider. My fault. Hello? There you are. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm asked questioning. There was a, a, a store uh, on Cushnet Avenue. I think it was 17-something, and it was clo- the FBI closed it. Could you tell me what was what, why? Oh, sorry. I didn't turn that on either. What's wrong with me? Oh, oh that's me. Okay. Yeah, I... I, I don't know. I saw some coverage of that. I think I can't remember where exactly, but it was seventeen 
I think it was 17-something block on Acoustic Avenue. It was a couple of weeks ago, but I wasn't able to get any information that, that you would know. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't operate in that world anymore. I wouldn't. Uh, they, yeah, but they, it's your city. I, I know, but federal law enforcement might not inform the city and ordinarily doesn't if it's doing an investigation in which the city's not involved. So um, I speak from experience, but it's but uh, you would if the FBI went in there for I, I don't know, and I'm just making this up. I have no idea why they're in there, but if there was a a investigation concerning the owner's taxes, for instance, um, or yeah, let's just say it's the concerns tax the tax filing or tax evasion or something, um, there would be no interaction with the municipality. As there wouldn't be, there wouldn't need to be. Yeah, we we were only told that they that they showed up and that they raided the store, but they didn't give us a reason as to as to what they were looking for. Okay. All right. If we find out anything more, we'll let you know. Okay. All right. You have a good day. Uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime in. And, um, you know, this week, again, as I said, there was a lot that was going on. We had a visit from Dr. Jacobs this week. Uh, the scholarships given out this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was back in town. It had been four years since he'd been back. Uh, he hadn't been in the city since 2019, pre-pandemic. Um, but, uh, no, it was great. Look, he, he has, even during the pandemic every year, he would give out the awards by Zoom. And um, uh, it's, it's as, as I said before, um, yeah, he was he's really generous with his funds and he uh, shows up. Um, he doesn't have to do what he does in the way of giving out scholarships to New Bedford students. He gave out five to uh, deserving seniors, three at New Bedford High, one at Volk Tech, and one at Global Learning. And uh, and they can certainly use, uh, use the money, but in many ways, um, the scholarship is, is more than that. It has become this emblem of uh, academic achievement, personal achievement, in the sense that in the same vein that being a Truman Scholar or Marshall Scholar is, it's, it, there is the uh, Jacob Scholars have a, the scholarship has a brand in the same way. Uh, it's a mark of distinction. And uh, the other thing is just the example he sets. I mean, he's just, people... You know who you know might not know a lot about him and say, well, he's a very wealthy man and it's just it made it and so forth. And it's good that he gives back to his hometown, but it's a lot more than that. I mean, the guy, um, the the guy's lived a pretty remarkable life and has made really um, an historic impact through his inventions. Um, the most particularly the technology that enables cell phones, right? So everybody has the stuff that he invented in their cell phones. Um, as well as work with the um, Defense Department on early prototypes of the Internet back, back, way back in the mid-70s. And, um, and so I, it's, I hope it's something I was saying to his son who was here, Jeff Jacobs, who's uh, part owner of the Sacramento Kings. He was in, in town this week, so I had a chance to talk with him. And I asked him, I said, you know, you uh, you should find somebody who can do a biography of your father. He's got lots of lots of stories to tell, but um, and including stories back back here in New Bedford, um, because he's a guy who's just you know 
really intelligent, but also really determined. And uh, it's a, just a really good. He, he is a living example that can, uh, I think, inspire uh, the kids back home uh, to to reach a little bit more and, and to and to press through challenges and uh, and then also uh, to give back. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Yeah, the money in the scholarship is great, but the example of who it is that's being able to give these students that scholarship and why he's able to do that, I think probably sets them up better for success than the actual dollars do. I, I think so. Look, I mean, you you hope so. There are lots of, I think, I, I don't know how many Jacob scholars there are now. There are a couple of, few dozen at least. He's been giving those scholarships out since 2000, 2000 2001. But there are lots of examples of success among um that group and um but i just did the idea that con- the connection he, he has maintained with with the city and with the school system and it's been great he's also given out other other things here so he's been helping us with uh, on a few fronts uh especially in the school department with um the making the making uh devices available right he started doing um Electronic devices, right? Uh, tablets and and uh, and and personal computers, or I should say, laptops, and that, frankly, helped, turned out it helped us out a lot in the pandemic. A lot of kid, more many more kids had um, devices to connect to school than we would have other had had he not, um, you know, given us uh, some substantial amount of money. He's also been a huge funder of the Whaling Museum, which is and then Global Learning as well. So among other things. So we really appreciate his, his generosity. Right, 508-996-0500. If you would like to speak with the mayor, good morning. You were on with Mayor Mitchell. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was wondering uh, if you were going to fix the beach on Rodney French, the beginning of it. It, it needs a good cleaning up. On which and side? On east, east or west? Well, well, it's uh, near the um, oh, uh, the uh, the mill there. Over, over by Kilburn Mill. What? Yeah. Are you talking before you you get? You know, to when the... you first go in, you uh, there's a there's a pot there. It's all full of grass and all, but people do go on the beach there. Oh, all right. All right, we'll take a look. We'll take a look at it. I think I know you're talking yeah, about. Just south, of, like just south of the gate. Yeah, that's been like that for a while. And uh, I, I, it's so nice, and, you know, it used to be so beautiful over there and all, and it seems like, you know, you're coming in to go around the fort and all that, and you got that grass. You can't. People do go there during the, you know, during the summer. So there's a lot right of... Near, pardon? We usually do a big cleanup before the beach season starts, so we'll make sure that that, that, yeah. uh, that area gets eyeballed. Because, All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for the call. I'd, um, I do have a question, too, that came in via app chat. Uh, this comes from Herb in New Bedford. It says, uh, good morning, Mr. Mayor. There was a stop sign placed on Park Street in Kempton. At the tree in front, and the tree in front of the sign blocks it, so people don't see it. There are a lot that run it, so I think it needs to be trimmed. Um, and also, has there been any progress for a stop at Park Street and Elm Street? 
at Park and Elm. I think we had talked about that. Um, yeah, so there's there is a relatively new sign on right at the first corner he mentioned, and at just down the block, it's one two streets down. Maybe it's just one block. Um, we'll we'll look at it. Um, I'm trying to remember if he's if it's if he's talking about a, a sign for the Elm Street side side or the Park Street side. Um, on Park Street, there isn't. Memory serves me. There isn't a stop sign there, but we'll look at. It. I'll just note that you know we have to be technically we have to ask the state for permission to put a stop sign in. Um, now there are occasions where we don't wait for the state. Rare occasion. We usually do. You know, we'll follow that process, um, and because it is a, uh, you know, you can't. I mean, as people know, we get lots of requests for stop signs. But if you know, if you allow every request, then you know, people are going to have a, have a tough time going from point A to point B, right? If they have to stop their block car stop, every, block, every stop, block, right? Yeah. So you have to balance the need to, you know, to uh, to manage traffic at certain intersections with stop signs versus just allowing people to go straight through so it doesn't take them all day to get a, a, to, to get where they need to go. Um, so all, all that said, we'll, we'll, we'll We'll take a look at it there. And I was about to say is that we do, there is a process. Um, the state manages this stuff, at least nominally. And uh, we'll go through the state to get uh, permission to do it. Some, there have been occasions when we haven't done that on all candor, just because it's so obvious to us that it's a, that it's a problem. I can think of a couple of examples, but um, yeah, with stop signs, that's, but just people should know that's, that's the balance we have to strike. Uh, people have to. People can't be stopping every other block because that's. It'll take you a long time to go where you need to go. What happens if you put one up without the permission of the state? Well, we'll have to ask for forgiveness, right? That's. <laughs> that's <laughs> but the have thing. they have they ever come back and said no? Take that down. No, no. And and by the way, would stop lights too. Uh, that's that is something uh, that we do get permission from the state for that. Sometimes we even have to ask the state for permission to change the timing on the lights. And again, on that one, we don't unless it's on a state route, like as you made a reference to the intersection of Cushnet Ave and Ashley Boulevard, right by Pa Rafa's. That's State Route 18. We that's something the state controls. But um, if it's just like on a on a local street that we usually will go ahead and manage that. All right. Why don't we, callers, hang on. Why a, lot, we, a lot of detail for people, but yeah, that's just the way it is. No, that's, not, it's not totally straightforward. That's what we're here for. We like the minutiae. We like learning about all there these things. Go. All these things yeah. that are part of your job that you do that we don't even think about. Okay. I'm, I'm in a sharing mode right now. So <laughs> yeah, happy to do it. Well, we'll take our next break here. Callers, hang on. When we come back, we will get right to you. Uh, more with Mayor Mitchell in just a few moments. And welcome back. We are joined by New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell. And if you have a question, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are on with the mayor. Oh, hi. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning. Um, you know, if, um, well, probably about a month ago now, I, I called and I complained about, you know, the change in the, the senior centers for our yoga. However, it's turned out to be a wonderful thing. Um, that's now good, we that's have good it, news. It is. It's really great. So now uh, we have a choice of three times a week, Monday, 
um, Monday at the McCoy Center, which is absolutely beautiful in there. It is. I hadn't been in there before, It's uh, and it's so spacious. Uh, you could really fit quite a few people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but attendance is up, because now um, people like me, some of us uh, are now go- choosing to go twice a week. Like I can go on Mondays at the McCoy Center. Hazelwood is on Tuesday. And Wednesday is at Brooklawn Park. And, you know, the instructor, she's so great, Sue Ashley. Everybody loves her. And, it, you know, it's so healthy for people. And it's free for New Bedford, uh, you know, the New Bedford seniors. It's free. Uh, Dartmouth and Fairhaven, um, they have to pay $3, but they don't seem to mind. Um, but for New Bedford, it's I, I don't know why more people don't take advantage of it. You, Although, just, you just gave the best commercial. That was <laughs> excellent. You summed it all up with enthusiasm. Yeah. You made it very descriptive. I'm sure there's lots of people taking notes saying, I got to check it out. That's, that was really I, well done. I hope they do. Everybody's probably thinking that I planted this call, that I called you up ahead of time and arranged for this. No, no. I, I just felt bad because... You know, I had really complained at first, but I should have waited to see what happened, and it has turned out to be very good. And I hope more more people come. They should. It's healthy. It's good for you. Well, thank you yeah. for the call. Yeah, you know, it's funny with yoga. Like, I was, I, I, I've never been to, a, still have not been to a, a yoga class per se, but I always used to be like, ah, yoga, like, why would I do that, right? I'd rather go, like, run or lift weights or something like that. But yoga, I will tell all the guys out there, because there's still some that might say, well, it's, you know, that's not for me, right? It is actually, especially as you get a little bit older, um, right. it's it's really good to to, to do uh, because it can uh, just, it's you know, for strengthening your core and just making, uh, you know, just making you feel a lot more balanced and, and whatnot. Um, and there's a reason why lots of football players do it now for just for, for right. balance and stuff. And that's so yoga's for yoga's really for everybody now. It is. There, there are some men that come, not that many, but, um, more should come because, you know, you can pace it to yourself. You don't have to do anything that you think is too strenuous, but it really isn't. I mean, it's chair yoga. You, you know, if you get a little overwhelmed, you could just sit there. I think but I should I, go to a class. You should. I you should come join us. I should. I'm just not going to wear tights, okay? <laughs> I'm going to get okay, in those, those yoga pants you see on TikTok. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, let's go to the next call, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on with Mayor Mitchell. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Hope you guys have a safe and wonderful um, Memorial Day weekend honoring our veterans. I'll probably crisscross with you, Mayor, a few times. Yeah. Um, Ten minutes ago, I came across the bottom of Nash Road and Bevel Avenue. Yep. The sign for Bevel Avenue is there. There is no sign indicating Nash Road. I thought you were going to say, Phil, I thought you were going to tell us that you saw the bear at the Nash, Nash Road and Belleville Avenue. <laughs> no, listen, listen, this is unbearable. <laughs> oh, this is boy. unbearable. I can't believe that the bear didn't come down a quarter mile from Pyrapis and go to the Griff to Bedford Volk and say, listen, I am the honorary speaker this year. Yeah, 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 you know. Because you guys down the street have been impersonating us forever. Yeah, the bear missed a lot of opportunities. I think that's right. I just hope nobody gets hurt and nobody hurts the bear. But, and there's multiple bears. It's not a bear. That's one attraction. There's multiple around here. 
You guys have a safe and wonderful weekend. All you right. as well. Thanks, Phil. And uh, speaking of Memorial Day weekend, it, there it is coming up. Can you believe it? It's come this fast. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like it, right? Even though the weather's been pretty decent. Um, yeah, look, we so. No, I appreciate you raising it because um, the weather's going to be good. We want people to get out to um, all the the events that we have uh, over the weekend. There are many, and they're listed. Um, I'm sure they'll be list listed on your website. We will put out uh, information in the next day or so about all the city events. But, you know, the big ones are, of course, the parade um, on um, on Monday that kicks off from... Uh, at 11.30 at uh, New Bedford High School and goes down, of course, um, Parker Street all the way down to the Common. And that's where we'll have a, a brief speaking uh, program. So we look forward uh, to that uh, every year. But again, uh, uh, it's, it's, we want to encourage people to come on out. Just take, a, just take a moment, even if you've got a whole busy day in front of you doing doing whatever to come on out and just um pay your respects and it's just uh it's, it means a lot to to those who've uh, who've served so just to encourage everybody especially if you're a parent with children that's just a great example to, to set uh for them so uh so that's a big thing. and of course in new bedford we we have uh, a, a relatively unique uh tradition in uh, honoring uh, fishermen who have been lost at sea at Pier Three, and uh, that's always that is always a, a big event and something that is a um, as I said, uh, fair to say, uniquely a New Bedford event. That, so that's always um, well attended. So we encourage folks um, again to to come check that out. That's a big big part of what New Bedford is, and uh, so then um, we appreciate the the New Bedford Port Society for you know again putting that event on it's um it means a lot to um the, to the family the families of uh, of lost fishermen and they they do that so so lovingly and so reverently every year so come on down. and then there are other events as well uh, too many to name but they'll all be listed on uh what we put out and then i'm sure you guys will be reporting on it and then of course people will all go off and have their own memorial services for family members yeah. and things like that as yep. well so why don't we take our final break uh, caller hang on we'll take you as soon as we get back but i got one more break we got to squeeze in before the end of the and we have about two minutes left with mayor mitchell but let's take a call very quickly you're on next with the mayor hello hi you're on the air do you have a question for the mayor yes i i i see uh mayor mitchell that the uh wind commerce terminal has got a lot of action going on do you have any inside information as to when the turbines are going to start showing up? Oh, if it's inside information, I can't, I can't uh, share it on the air. It's real oh soon. My. We're looking at, we're looking at like this week. It's uh, hard to know exact, but it's, it's big. It's coming up. Is that this week? You said. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's that's when you know, we, we anticipate turbines coming in, and um, not the turbines themselves, but the uh, turbine components. Yeah, right. The blades and the, the the towers, the the nacelles will come in later on this summer. But uh, no, it's exciting stuff. It's, it is. It's really exciting it's stuff. So quite you know, look, the equipment here. Yeah, we should. You know, we should probably. Your call prompts me to think that we should probably. There's probably an occasion, Tim, maybe next time, to talk at length about uh, about offshore wind arriving and what it means and what it doesn't mean. Uh, uh, you know, I want people to feel. Like we've achieved something together, 
because we have this is a big deal that this is all this huge industry is getting launched from from New Bedford and it's a, another big historic point for our city it's a historic point for um, for marine industries in the United States uh, but I also don't want people to sort of say to, to think it's an end-all be-all there aren't end-all be-alls and economically I think people have thought for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.